Thank you so much for tuning in to She's All Over the Place with Kiriaki. That's me. Thank you for joining me. Today, I have an exciting guest. His name is Colin Johnson. Colin is the CEO and co-founder of Freeport, a platform bringing fine art investment on chain. Before Freeport, he spent 10 years in the consumer marketing space, where he focused on technology, payments, and partnerships inside of some of the most recognizable brands on the planet, including Apple and American Express. At American Express, he led marketing partnerships with companies like Uber, Google, and Airbnb before being recruited by Apple to join the Apple Pay marketing team. After moving out to California, he oversaw marketing for Apple Cash from product launch to being used by millions of Americans. Colin hails from Trenton, New Jersey and attended Princeton University for undergrad. Colin, how are you? Thank you so much for joining me. I'm doing very, very well, Katie. Pleasure to be here. Yay! Diving right in, we're going to be talking about fine art and things of that nature. It's really important that, you know, we focus on SEC approval for certain blockchain projects. And with that being said, there needs to be a disclosure that is related to the person tuning in. So can you do that now? And then we'll explain why and the importance of it. Yeah, absolutely. So let me dive into the most most fun part of this conversation that we're going to have, Katie, for sure. Uh, so I'll just read this out here. An affiliate of Freeport is anticipating making an offering of securities under tier two of regulation A. No money or other consideration is being solicited and assent and response will not be accepted. No offer to buy securities can be accepted and no part of the purchase price can be received until an offering statement filed with the SEC has been qualified by the SEC. Any such offer may be withdrawn or revoked without obligation or commitment of any kind at any time before notice of acceptance given after the date of qualification by the SEC or a stated the offering materials relating to an investment opportunity as applicable. An indication of interest involves no obligation or commitment of any kind. Uh, and folks can go to freeport.app to view the offering circular itself. Okay fun over. First and foremost, what is SEC? Sure. So the SEC is the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, and they have broad authority over uh, deciding what falls into the bucket of being a security. Uh, and those things tend to pass something called the Howey test. Uh, and there are many elements of, of blockchain and many groups and organizations within blockchain um, that are actually doing things that pass the Howey test, but that have not been, uh, let's just say, qualified by the SEC. We decided pretty early on that we wanted to go the route of actually uh, being qualified by the SEC uh, so that we don't have to worry about enforcement actions in the future and so that our customers can feel safe with the investments that they make on Freeport. And what I've been told, you know, I've been in the blockchain technology community since 2018. And what I've been told, you know, as of recent, because a lot of people are talking about the SEC is the SEC actually wants you to reach out to them. They want it's like people are scared because they're uneducated. They don't know. They actually want you to come to them and get this approval. So that's some, you know, important information I, I thought I would share. But in a nutshell, you know, from my pragmatic mind and from what I heard, Basically, not everyone can go do their own research, but it's important to have this approval by the SEC. And if you sell something, then you're in the clear. But if you don't have it, it means that any sales that happen could be revoked, meaning taken away, and then there could be troubles with the law. So, is that it in a nutshell? Is there anything I'm missing out on that? Yeah, that's. I mean, there's there's a whole rabbit hole that could be that we could dive into here. Yeah. But that's effectively right. If you're taking actions that, with the intent of making other people money, basically deriving profit, if other people are deriving profits from your efforts and, and attempts at allowing them to do so, it's very likely that 
uh, what you're selling is actually a security. It's unclear in many cases in blockchain where that line exists because it's a new technology and some things like art actually fall outside of the realm of being securities. But because we wanted to build something that's permanent, uh, that's going to last and that people can sort of trust, we didn't want to uh, play games with it. We didn't want to create like an offshore entity like some other uh, other folks do uh, or anything like that. We wanted to go like tried and true uh, and take the legit route. Mm-hmm. And then um, when did you get involved in blockchain and when did you start Freeport and why? So getting involved with blockchain, that's a great question. I bought Bitcoin back when it was like 250 bucks. Uh, to clarify, I did not hold it until now. So uh, not that wealthy because of it. But I was really, really interested in the white paper back then. Uh, so that they're talking about sort of the technical fundamentals of why decentralization is important and why something being publicly auditable is important, you know, and everything else that goes along with it. And I was just sort of you know, consumed with it at the time. I knew one or two people that were probably utilizing Bitcoin for uh, illicit activities back in the day. Uh, so, so that was like part of the introduction. But um, then I got even more uh, interested in Ethereum as a blockchain when that came out and they allow for smart contracts. So you're not just transferring value, you're, you're transferring value plus data and ownership kind of all at once. Um, so I got even more intrigued. Uh, so I bought some Ethereum and then the use cases started to, to pop up. We had kind of the ICO craze in 2017 um, that I was there for both the ups and downs of that. Uh, so that gave us kind of thick leather skin <laughs> back at that point in time. Uh, and then we had, you know, DeFi, DeFi summer and then, you know, kind of the NFT craze over the past, let's say three years or so. So I've been there for for a lot of it. And I've been really interested in a lot of it, but I've been working in sort of corporate environments, let's just say at American Express and Apple, trying to convince them that blockchain is the way. And then eventually said, you know, I just, I want to go do it myself. So I've got a long, long history in the blockchain space. Mm -hmm. And then, so why blockchain? Sure. Uh, Well, there's two answers. One, like my personal interest in blockchain is that we move as much value as we possibly can on chain because we as humans become more efficient. When value is on chain, it's very easy to transfer one piece of value for another. It's very easy to create financial tooling that's relevant. It's very easy for people in foreign countries who don't have stable currencies which like the US, US dollar is kind of moving in that direction currently, but, but it, it also can exist as a technology to, to stabilize their, their economies. So there are a lot of different reasons that I think more value should exist on blockchain and that we'll be more efficient as humans and we'll be more sure of digital goods when more value is on blockchain. And that drives me personally. And that also kind of filters into the company. Like why would the company build on blockchain? Well, because all those things matter. And if you want to create a product that's going to be future-proof that allows people to engage digitally with a sense of trust that I think is going to become ever more you know, required, then blockchain is really uh, the technology we need to be working on. Mm-hmm. And then when did you start Freeport? So we founded it uh, back in December of 2021. <laughs> the, the years all kind of melt together, the COVID years. But, but we raised our first round in March of last year. So it's been about one full year since we you know, since I got my CTO on board and our COO on board and, and we really started building. Yeah. Congratulations. That's so neat. Thank Yay. you. And it's so important, like being a sovereign being and then just, you know, you're working in corporate and then yearning and wanting and having this vision. And then after doing everything that you did, making the choice to start to stake your own land, to do something of your own and then and become a founder. And so how did you pivot and shift into fine art and then start obtaining your first connections within Freeport. Yeah. So uh, like, as you mentioned before, my background is really in in payments and marketing and tech. 
Um, but fine art. So I, I've had a close family friend who's been a Warhol dealer actually in New York City for quite some time. He's an advisor, an early investor, and just a close friend. He actually got me my first puppy uh, when I was a kid, Stella. So I've been sort of exposed to the fine art world via that connection for a long time. And I've always been uh, very endeared by art and sort of the fundamental meaning that it brings to humans. And also a little bit bitter at the fact that only super wealthy people can afford it. Uh, so if you want to own like a, a real unique masterpiece, you really need to have multiple millions of dollars or historically you've had to in order to, to really access that art and especially get financial exposure to that art. And that just kind of seemed like nonsense. So as the world of art collided with the NFT world, and I kept connecting with this, this family friend who's, who's in the physical art realm, and he said, you know, hey, Colin, what can we do to engage with NFTs? Like the art world is obviously being disrupted by blockchain technology right now. We want to take part in this disruption. What can we do? Mm -hmm. That kind of triggered this thought of, well, maybe, maybe we do have something here, right? Maybe we can take physical art. Maybe we can democratize it so that people can actually invest in it collectively, right? You can just own shares in a very expensive thing rather than needing to afford the whole thing. And we can do that on blockchain that will allow for all kinds of different utility in the future as people continue building out different protocols uh, and experiences. So that's kind of how Freeport came about. My, my background in crypto, the connection to art, and the idea that uh, it's kind of nonsense that so few people have have had access to art historically. Yeah, um, dive into more of um, sharing the one art piece and how that looks for you know the new technology and and people having this opportunity to own a piece of this piece of fine art. Sure, sure, <laughs> a piece of this piece. Um, <laughs> I love it. So, so yeah, but there's this idea in crypto of communal ownership via tokenization. The technology allows for things to be fractionalized and, and tokenized really an infinite number of times, but then also for those tokens to indicate your ownership or your, uh, let's just say, belonging in a community, right? Like you, when you have a token in your wallet, it's public facing. People know that you own that token. So if you've got a board Ape or an Azuki or some other NFT like that, uh, you can prove to other people that you're part of that community. So not only does the technology let you issue things like tokens that can be infinitely fungible, like you can make whatever amount you want, but then you know that the owners of those tokens are part of a specific kind of community. Uh, and that's a really powerful thing, right? It's like you're showing up, you know that someone else has invested in the same thing you've invested in. Uh, and it's the foundational technology for you know these types of communities, some of which are a little bit toxic in the NF NFT space, but others that are actually very wholesome uh, and that are bringing about real significant change globally. So really quick, I just have a question. So it's kind of being cut from the same cloth. Like we're going to fly American Airlines or we're going to fly Delta or you're going to fly Spirit. You're, you're going to know the kind of people, what you're going to be served, where, where you're going to be sitting, where you're going to be going, what kind of experience it's going to be. So being involved in, in this kind of fine art community and owning a piece of this art, like what will it entail? I know it's new and it's building out, but will they go to the same operas, the same art gallery events, the same online events? Like what are these people interested besides like the front? label of like, oh, it's a flex that where, you know, we all own this piece of art. Like what are like yeah. the tangible physical attributes to being involved in the community? Like some of them are just in it for the art, like art collectors. Cool. Is it yep. more just that? Or um, are there going to be like cheese and wine experiences too? Cause um, you know, there are movie night or like, how is it in that kind of echelon of fine art and communities with blockchain now? Do you think where it's growing sure. to? What are you sure. envisioning? So there are, okay, so well, historically, there are a few different examples that we can look at in regards to how communities work. So with, with a lot of Web3 communities specifically, with a lot of them, 
there are digital communications channels, right? So Discord and Telegram and then crypto Twitter. Those are kind of the three places where you can go to meet other like-minded folks virtually and have those conversations. You can look at other groups though that have um, bled more into the real world. So Proof Collective obviously has live events, although they unfortunately just uh, just canceled their big one here this year. But then you can also look at Friends with Benefits, for example, is a group uh, where you buy a certain number of tokens and then you get access to their Discord, but they have a ton of in real life events where they have meetups, people go drink together, they discuss blockchain, they discuss business startup ideas and art, like a, a lot of it is art-based um, because art often leads culture, right? as many people are aware. So there are, there are different approaches to creating communities around the tokens that have historically been very digital, but have started to bleed much more into the physical. And it's really interesting to see that evolution occur, right? Because there's only so much you can do digitally. And then you're like, well, hey, what's the next thing? Like when do humans, like when does the human to human contact get involved here? Uh, from our perspective, we're starting with the virtual. So we've created this virtual 3D gallery wherein people who collect can hang the art on the walls and they can hang it alongside their NFTs if they're collectors. If they're not NFT collectors, they can totally ignore that part as well. Um, but then you can share your gallery with other folks, right? So Katie, if you wanted to, to show me the, the newest piece that you own a portion of, you could share your gallery with me and I could pop in and view it alongside your favorite Azuki or, or Bored Ape or, or whatever else. Uh, and we're also going to allow for likes and views and comments in those galleries. So you can, again, have much more interaction around the item that that you sort of collect with other folks. Uh, long term, we do intend to build out an LA gallery as well as a New York gallery uh, that people can go to physically so long as they own a portion of the assets. I will add a disclaimer that those won't be live at launch because we're a startup and you have to focus on one thing at a time. And physical, uh, while very, very compelling, is also like, you know, logistic. If you want to do it right and properly, uh, it requires significant logistics. So, um, yeah, so we, we plan on spanning those two worlds, right? There's the virtual one where you've got communications and you can show who you are and you're part of the community and you can be in the gallery and share your gallery. And then also uh, to allow that to bleed over into the real world, because we do think that we're backing our assets with physical art for a reason, right? We are still human. We're made of flesh. Physical art is rare and it's probably going to become more rare uh, as AI progresses. We can talk about that too, but we think it, it's important for both worlds to sort of uh, to coalesce the virtual mm -hmm. and physical. So what kind of partnerships um, are like if someone's tuning in and uh, they want to become a collector or they want to partner up with you with, you know, their fine art, what kind of brand collaborations are you looking into right now? And, and or what are some that you've developed thus far that you're most excited about? Yeah, that's a great question. We've currently currently we're working with private collectors to source to source the artwork that we've got, although we do have some advisors at museums and, and other sort of art relevant locations. Uh, as far as partnerships for the future, because we're building on blockchain, we do have this capability to, to interact and to build things that are composable uh, with any other group that we want that's building on the same chain as us, right? So if you own tokens on Freeport, uh, and let's say, you know, someone wants to build out a metaverse in Decentraland or Sandbox, I hear Playboy, for instance, is building out the Playboy Mansion in Sandbox. Well, Have you been there? Sell. I've been to the Sandbox, not the Playboy Mansion. I've been to the Playboy Mansion a few times. Oh, really? How was yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Like, um, so every year there was four main parties. And then throughout the year, there's charity events, you know, and things like that. But two years, I went to uh, the Halloween party, which is the best. I've been to That's, a couple yeah. other ones. But the Halloween party was always the best party. I mean, there's a buffet. And I mean, <laughs> there's just beautiful people and celebrities. And, you know, it's great. I mean, it's fun. Yeah. Matthew Perry, Paris Hilton. Like one time I went for a, it was a it was a benefit nonprofit and ludicrous performance. 
form. So uh, yeah, wow. okay. it, it, I, I, I grew up in LA. So I was, you know, going to all the LA things. So um, yeah. So but, my brother has gone once and it, it made me very jealous. So I, I know it's, it's no more uh, in the real world, but it will be in the virtual world. There you go. And um, that's so cool that they're, uh, so I don't, it's a, the rabbit's ears, right? So I don't, I don't own one. I was really bullish on them. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, last Art Basel, I want to like pick up a couple and yeah. Yeah, the Rabbitars, they did well for quite a while, for longer than other NFTs, actually. Um, I mean, going into this bear market, they did they did well for better than, excuse me, for longer than other NFTs. But they Playboy is very with the times when it comes to Web3, right? Like they, they're going to be building out the Playboy Mansion in Sandbox. They have the Rabbitars. Um, we've actually had discussions with them, uh, full, full disclosure, about tokenizing some of the art they have, the physical art they have. Uh, and what you could do in that scenario, just as an example, uh, is take, let's say you've got a Warhol that used to be in the Playboy Mansion, of where you used to hang out, which... I will forever be jealous of. Uh, but let's say you've got that and you want to tokenize it and sell it to Playboy customers, right? So you could sell those tokens to Playboy customers. They could have those tokens, purchase it on Freeport. They could hold them in their wallet and then go to the Playboy Mansion and only access the VIP room if they have those tokens in their wallet. And that's like the kind of interoperability and partnership that uh, what we're doing allows for on chain that you just really can't do uh, off chain. Mm-hmm. You mentioned before you're working with this collector who's this 80 year old woman. Uh, do you want to talk about her? I mean, she's eight, she's in her yeah. 80s. So, I mean, this, this must be her time to shine or something. But, yes, I mean, how yes. do you connect with an 80-year-old? Because, you know, seeing 80-year-olds in Discord or, you know what I mean? Like, the digital, some some of the elderly people I speak to, it's just like, they're not into it. It's past their time. But for her to be, like, a, a, you know, a collector, she must be, like, very eclectic in such a way where she's not in the norm of what everyone else is doing. So, I'm really fantasized about this woman that you've been curating yeah. with. There are some people who have such a fantastic joy for life that they just kind of become ageless uh, and she i she i would qualify as one of them yeah. we should be she should be like my grandma or something that's yeah. that's me i mean she she really is like she's ageless she, she's not intimidated by the new technology she's she picked up on it like it, immediately she's curious about it she understands that younger generations are engaging with it and she sees the potential of it so her, her name is jane holzer you know, she was actually a Warhol superstar when she was younger. Baby Jane Holzer is her name if folks want to look her up. She has Warhols of herself. She's got pictures of herself with Warhol, but like actual Warhol artworks that are done uh, with the man himself hanging in her house, uh, which is a pretty badass move <laughs> to have your own Warhols of your, yourself in your home. Uh, but we were connected to her through, again, that close family friend of mine who got me my first puppy. He's been working with her for many years. And the, the two of them are the ones who, um, you know, we initially started having conversations with uh, and we built out really the foundations of this product in conjunction with them uh, or of the platform in conjunction with them. And they sort of laid out what they have as an opportunity. And we laid out sort of what the technology will allow for and, and how we can move things forward. She never said stop or slow down. She's, she's always just said, let's go. Like, what's what's the next thing we can do? And it's, it's really important to have that kind of person who is just reckless in the best kind of way on board with the company. Love her. Love her. I love that story. And one of the most important things I heard you communicate without you saying it is social currency. The people we're connected to and the choices we make and those seeds that we plant at a young age and then nourishing those relationships for good intentional reasons. And then all of a sudden full circle, 
look what's happening. You know, it just didn't come out of nowhere. It's your intention. It's your ethics. It's who you are. It's your uh, relationship currency, the people you're connected with. So because a lot of the people tuning in, you know, uh, most of the world, they're always like, how do you do that? Or everyone wants to know the why of the story or the how. And it's like, you just gave a, a prime example of, you know, a full circle moment of like when you were younger and someone gave you a dog and you kept in contact and then one thing led to another and it connected you through this amazing woman, you know, who's like, you know, like so much older than you. But I just think it's really important because like if someone's tuning in or wants to rewind and go to the beginning of the episode, they can, you know, tune into that through line that's I feel really important for the human connection for whatever principle that applies in one's own life. A hundred percent. I could not agree with that more. You build up trust slowly over time and you get you have a bank account of trust right and there are different instances in which you can spend trust and you you can kind of cash it in and other instances where, where you can gain trust all of our defaults should be gaining trust as much as possible over time and then it, it kind of becomes amazing later in life where those things can can be cashed in um, and you also have to be willing to go take the risks right and like to continuously put yourself out there and to have yeah. the conversations and to be willing to do dumb things like <laughs> commit to getting SEC approval over a period of nine months to, to bring assets on chain. It's a combination of, of many factors. I was going to ask that. I'm glad you brought it up. So it took nine months. Well, um, uh, let's give the SEC more credit than that. Once once we were fully submitted, uh, it took a little under three months, but you have to create all of these entities and you, you have to do all this work ahead of time so that when you get to that conversation with them, Right. Uh, and, and this is it's called qualification, technically, um, for your assets. When you get to that conversation, you want to be very prepared. So it's it's the getting prepared for the submission more so than it's the actual review process with them. But at the end of the day, we, we think it's absolutely the right move to have taken. OK, cool. Besides the lady, uh, do you want to tell more stories about her and, and what you're doing specifically or any other brand partnership collaborations you have going on so far? Or uh, you mentioned even uh, the offering. So did you want to mention any of those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about the artwork. As far as collaborations go, there are, there are a lot of things that are on the horizon, but nothing that I'm going to announce quite yet. There are some cool elements uh, and things that can happen from a lending perspective, uh, I will say as a little bit of a hint. But let's let's talk about the artworks for now. So we're going to be launching on May 8th. And the pieces that we've got are incredible. They're like some of the most iconic Warhols uh, that you can find. One is a pink Marilyn, which is like when you think Warhol, it's it's a pink Marilyn. If people want to go look it up, they'll they'll know. No, uh, I have I, wait. I have chills, and I actually have it on a postcard. So I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. This is this is a real one by by Andy Warhol, signed by him, and coming from the collection of, of Jane as well. So it's got that added kind of provenance to it. Um, so that's piece number one. Then we have a double Mickey Mouse. Double Mickeys are very rare. I had to, there are a lot of these prints about like Andy Warhol, these books rather that talk about Andy Warhol's prints and like the the full collection of them. Double Mickeys are exceedingly rare. Uh, There are some more single Mickeys out there. Uh, And we have one of of the finest examples that that you could possibly have. So that's a very, very cool piece. Mm -hmm. Then we have a James Dean, uh, which is this like bright red, awesome uh, image of James Dean, you know, leaning against a car. And then we've got Mick Jagger too. The Mick Jagger one is awesome, uh, especially awesome because it's signed on the back by Andy Warhol with Merry Christmas to, and and it's actually Merry Christmas to this guy who is an investment banker in New York City around the time that uh, Andy was alive. And their relationship is TBD exactly. Uh, between the two of them. But it's very cool to have that kind of handwritten note on the back 
Uh, and Mick Jagger is obviously an icon. So uh, we've got some of the more recognizable pieces in this inaugural launch collection because we want, we want to get people excited. Because we're I'm excited. To. May 8th is the launch. All of those ones will be launched at the same time? That is correct. That is correct. All four of those will launch at the same time uh, as our inaugural collection. I hope our follow-on collections can match <laughs> the quality of these. I think they will. But uh, yeah, we're, we're going big on the first ones. Oh, I'm excited. I'm already flexing in my mind. I'm like so excited just to repost and post about it. Like, I'm like, yo, like educate people. <laughs> like what is going on? So congratulations. It's such a like, you know, big thing. Exciting, especially with you. You know, the meaning of who and what Andy Warhol is to so many, you know? Absolutely. Um, the stories. Absolutely. Real quick, I have, um, I'm an actor. I've been acting and working in entertainment for two decades, voiceovers, video games, all that jazz, anything you can think of as a voiceover actor and everything I've been doing in the space since 2018, um, I put my head down. I'm like, how can I do what I'm doing and, and weave in and complement everything else? NFT music, uh, art, you know, fashion, uh, me being a voiceover actor. So I came up with this character. Uh, we're going to be it premiered at Art Basel and uh, it's called Culture Kids. It's nine minutes. I'm putting it into all the international film festivals. I'll send it to you so you can see it. Awesome. But my, my character's name is Andy Monroe. <laughs> Just coincidentally, or was that was that purposeful? No, I mean, you you're laughing and <laughs> okay. you get it. I don't have to explain it because you already know. But I took Andy Warhol and Warhol. Marilyn Monroe and gave my character name Andy Monroe, and she's a voiceover artist, and it's a comedy <laughs> about Web three culture. Um, so that's it. Both of us took Andy and Marilyn and blockchain, right, and then combined those three things. Uh, into our platforms. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. For example, this podcast, you know, mm -hmm. um, some of the footage could appear in content of Culture Kids episodes in the near future. I love it. I love it. I mean, you're talking about partnership opportunities. Maybe we should figure out a way to get your listeners early access on, on Culture Kids or something like that. It sounds yeah. like there may be an opportunity. Yeah, let's talk about it more. We'd love to explore and brainstorm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. One or two things for the person tuning in and they're just brand new to blockchain, you know, some personal friendly advice of brushstrokes of in inspiration that supported you along the way with education or anything to support. That would be really awesome. Uh, it's all about education and supporting the person tuning in. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Matt, a lot of things I, I wish I had known early on. One is try not to listen too much to people who are shilling things very hard and saying you have to buy into this and the price will certainly go up. Uh, th that's not the kind of energy that you want to be around and, and you should be uh, very hesitant. What I would obviously, what, what I would certainly recommend doing though, is setting up a wallet and putting a small amount of money in the wallet and just going and doing things like in, engaging on chain uh, with different types of protocols or different platforms, whether it be DeFi or whether it be gaming or whether it be just popping onto OpenSea and buying a little NFT. You don't need to buy a, a board ape to start, right? You can just see what it feels like to utilize the wallet and then read up and especially read up from sources that are trustworthy. Like the Ethereum Foundation has a lot of documents and sort of overview that I think are really, really useful. So the more that folks can look to A, the communities that have lasted, but B, the content that talks about the fundamental technology, the better off they're going to be as far as not being scared away or, or not doing something that's damaging or not losing a ton of money. But it's absolutely a technology that people need to be aware of because it's not going anywhere regardless of sort of you know public sentiment ebbing and flowing. The technology is too powerful and too useful and, and is going to prove very uh, beneficial 
to be aware of over time. I love that. And then um, how about your journey maybe before going to Princeton while being at Princeton or shortly after a book or two that really inspired you for personal success and or uh, success in business that, you know, an author or a book that you always kind of hone into your heart? Sure. Um, I'm going to do one with an asterisk here. Uh, There's a book by Peter Thiel called Zero to One, and it talks about the startup mentality and how to be, uh, how to think differently, like the Apple commercial, think different, but really fundamentally differently from kind of foundational principles and to question the kind of organizational structures that exist out there and to really give credit to different elements of humanity and of founders generally than you think you should. Um, So anyone who's looking to build I think should look into, you know, Zero to One by Peter Thiel. I don't agree with all of his political opinions. Let me just put that out there because some people will call that out. But there's certainly insight to be had on that front. As far as other sort of books that inspire me, I'm going to go in a very different direction here. I was a Lord of the Rings nerd growing up. So like I go back to reading those books uh, because the characters are unabashedly good. Whereas when you read books or you see series like Game of Thrones or um, others and the characters are like, it's kind of unclear if they're good or bad and they're supposed to be a mixed bag of emotions and everyone is complicated. I actually go back to Lord of the Rings and read it every now and then uh, just to see what pure courage looks like. And to understand that there are a lot of challenges in life that seem absolutely overwhelming. And even just running this company and starting this company, crypto has been going through so much over the past years. There's so much negativity. The banks are failing. AI is coming in and taking everyone's jobs. Uh, When you look at those things, it can be pretty overwhelming. It's pretty easy to just say, well, like it's not really worth it. But if you can find pieces of literature that display people overcoming those overwhelming odds and kind of maintaining their goodness as humans, I think they're worth reading over and over. So a very different book. But uh, yeah, the Lord of the Rings series. Okay, thank you. I appreciate those words and those thoughts. It's very insightful. Thank you. Thank you so much. So honing it in here uh, real quick. So Ethereum only or will you be multi-chain? Like how does that look for Freeport? Yeah, so we're starting with Ethereum because we want, there's just the most robust uh, social ecosystem there when it comes to NFTs. We've got our gallery and people can come and they can hang their NFTs by connecting their wallet. So that's where we're starting. And we think that we trust Ethereum, I would say, more than any other chain at the moment. And because these are securities and because they're Warhol paintings that we're token we want them to live on the chain that has the most fundamental trust. So that's why we're starting with Ethereum. We're certainly looking at opportunities on other chains. I know that there's a very active like Tezos NFT community, a very active Solana NFT community, even you know, Polygon. So uh, we can expand and the tokens that we're issuing, again, we'll, we'll be on Ethereum to start, but that may change over time, depending on you know the value of the asset and where demand is. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're certainly looking at, again, multi-chain, especially for a display of NFTs. Uh, we think that's a really cool space to play in. But to start Ethereum because of the foundational trusts uh, that we have in it as a chain. And then where will it mint? Like on your own smart contract? Yeah, so we actually, um, we're working with a tokenizing partner that is kind of, let's just say, approved by the SEC. I don't want to use the word approved necessarily, but they work within the structures that the SEC requires. So um, the security token will be issued by our partner that's qualified to do that. And folks will effectively purchase on our site. And then the tokens will be minted into a keyless wallet to start. And then folks can withdraw the tokens into their own wallet uh, if they would, you know, if they so choose after the minting occurs. Mm -hmm. Let me get this straight. So you are the first person who will be bringing authentic Warhols to the blockchain. 
legally, yes. <laughs> I, I, you know, there are people who've made all kinds of tokens or done things offshore. Uh, but as far as going through the SEC and creating the tokens on the Ethereum blockchain, yes, I believe we are. Um, I'll caveat that by saying, who knows what's what's out there everywhere. But yes. Yeah. Well, God, this is so exciting. I feel so lucky and blessed to be like connected and in it with you. You know, here we go. Yeah. And everything's going to be in the show notes, Colin. But please let people know where they can find you. That would be really great. Yeah, absolutely. So Freeport.app is the easiest way uh, to find us. You can go there and sign up for the waitlist. Uh, or you can check us out on Twitter at Freeport.app or Instagram uh, at Freeport underscore app. But Freeport.app, it's got it all there. That's the way to go. Okay, okay. Any last words of wisdom or anything else you would like to share before we wrap it up? I would just say it's been an absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, there's a crazy, it's a crazy world out there at the moment, uh, especially in the blockchain space. Uh, you know, there's war, there's uh, the sort of state of the US dollar. There are all kinds of things that are happening, but that people should feel uh, hopeful still. Uh, and that, you know, we'll come out on the other side of this uh, in good shape. But really, really have had a, a good time being here. Yeah, me too. I really appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was Colin Johnson, the CEO of Freeport. Please make sure you're subscribing, liking, and sharing this with one to three people that may, like art, want to know more about their future technologies. And uh, make sure you're following me on social media platforms and sharing this episode. Make sure also... Uh, you follow Colin, look at the show notes. And then also we have a link because we're doing giveaways every single episode. So no matter if you're hearing this episode now or four years from now, we're continually doing partnerships and NFT giveaways and airdrops and tokens and things of that nature as gifts because you're a part of my community on She's All Over the Place. So make sure you can click and subscribe and write in the topic Freeport. And I'll know you tuned into this episode. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next time. Kiriaki, over and out. <laughs>